It was a very bright, shining light, Sarajevo, and they needed to kill that light. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. U2, they represent a personification of our resistance. The Hollywood Reporter hails Kiss the Future, moving and inspirational. Kiss the Future! Viva Sarajevo! Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. From the world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Ha! Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles, now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes! February 22nd, 2024. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change. Got a great show for you today. Heavy on the recruiting with Bill Curlick and Mark Porter, and we'll get to a bunch of your questions as well. But first, you know what time it is. 2024 is here. It's in full swing. And that means it's time for a New Year's resolution check-in with our friends at Manscaped. Newsflash, it's never too late to take It's never too late to level up your grooming game and keep your manscapes tamed. Manscapes new lawnmower 5.0 Ultra is every man's cheat code. Look good, feel good, and turn the page on confidence this year. Whether you're going for a trim or that clean-shaven look, this trimmer has you covered. Trusted by over 10 million men worldwide, now is the time to get your grip. On your grooming with our exclusive offer, go to manscaped.com and use Buck Nuts for 20% off plus free shipping. The ball has dropped, but don't drop the ball on your balls. Let's face it, resolutions might come and go. But a well-groomed Jew is here to say thanks to Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BUCKNUTS at manscaped.com. Embrace a new you and definitely embrace a new trimmer, courtesy of Manscaped. Now let's chat with our guys, the one and only Mark Porter and Bill Curlick. Gentlemen. Been a while for us. I had to take Tuesday off for personal reasons, but we are back, and we're going to kind of catch up here with a little uh, rehash. Mark, um, we discussed this on the last episode that our next prospect we'd be breaking down would be wide receiver Jaime French out of Mandarin and Jacksonville, Florida. We ran that recently. Um, Mark, Jamie French... Is going as to Halloween this year as Chris Olave. What are the chances people there think he's the actual guy? Take us through here. Mark's going to, for those of you, hold on a sec, for those of you who are enjoying the video, the live video, we're going to start trying to have some live highlights as we talk about these dudes now. More incentive for you guys to watch. All right. Yeah, well, it's pretty easy. I always joke in these evaluations that Brian Hartline just keeps taking the same type of receiver year after year. It's like he only dates blondes, and that's what he dates. It doesn't matter how much the redheads or brunettes are out there. And it's the same height, weight, and speed, 6'1", 190. And the speed's there. And 
this kid had 14 touchdowns, and I put all 14 of them in a row because he beat someone a different way on just about all 14 of them. It wasn't just go balls. It wasn't post routes. It was slants, drags, digs, hitches, bubble screens, the complete route tree. Uh, and I know we're not going to get too far into this film today, you know, to kind of tease it. But, sure. he, yeah, he has a Jackson Smith the Jigba vibe. He's got a Chris Olave vibe. He's a little shorter than a Marvin Harrison, but you see that same strength after the catch. Uh, so he's really going to be – in most years, he's your number one guy. But when you compare him to someone like Jeremiah Smith, he, he's almost a creature. So, you know, it, it's a very, you know, loaded class if you could bring in French to, to go with uh, Jeremiah Smith. I mean, you can just tell he's a seam splitter. That's one of the things I look for. Um, and he's playing good football down there in Jacksonville. He, he catches a couple of those slants, and you can tell – the DB thinks he has him and yeah. two steps into it. He's toast. I should, I probably should have paused that a couple of times. There was a coverage there. It might've been the second or third play where he had the press man, the man, but he had the Megatron Calvin Johnson safety standing over the top. And then he beat him for a touchdown. Yeah. So it's like, he's, he's doing things that the ball should have never went in that direction, but there's so much confidence in him. And you can see why he plucks it out of the air uh, he, he like takes a step in front of DBs the last second to box them out and take the ball away when you think there's an interception. Um, he's got exceptional body control when he's in the air and when he's doing things, you know, acrobatic. Uh, but Bar Brian Hartline, every time I do a film, the evaluation really is, is almost the same. And it feels like I'm ripping people off or, well, I'm just going to give that Olave, Garrett Wilson, Smith, the Jigna comparison again, you know, but Hey, if it's not broke, don't fix it. And when you're, when you have his reputation, you can bring in these type of guys and they want to play for you because they know they're going to come out the other side of their development looking good. It's almost a self-fulfilling prophecy at this point. Bill G uh, Jaime, Jamie was committed to Alabama at one point. He has decommitted and there are crystal balls that have been placed for Ohio State. I, I, it's starting to feel really good, um, Bill, in this recruitment. Can you take it from that angle for us? Yeah, um, as you mentioned, he for any of our viewers, listeners that didn't know, which probably aren't many, he was, as you mentioned, Dan, committed to Alabama. But as uh, happened with a number of other prospects, when Nick Saban decided to hang it up and go to the announcing booth, James did decommit from Alabama. That immediately pretty much put Ohio State in the driver's seat or at least uh, – one of the schools in the driver's seat. He has been to Ohio State. He likes Ohio State a lot. To be honest, when he committed to Alabama, I was a little surprised when he initially did that so early um, because I felt like Ohio State was in a pretty good position with him. Um, now, I, I think with the decommitment, if I had to make a prediction right now, I would pick Ohio State. But, you know, again, he's a uh, – Florida guy that's going to continue to look at schools. And I think right now the main two threats to Ohio State would be um, Florida State and Miami. Um, Brian Hartline, though, has done well. He hasn't been in a position where he's lost commitments. You know, we went through the whole Jeremiah Smith thing that lasted forever, and we continued to say as long as Ryan Day and Brian Hartline were at Ohio State, then Jeremiah Smith would end up at Ohio State, and that's what happened. Um, with uh, French, 
again, I think Ohio State has the lead. I think Miami's very much in the picture, though. I think Florida State's in the picture. Maybe LSU, maybe Tennessee. But I think it'll come down to Ohio State or staying closer to home and staying in state. And we've done a good job in Jacksonville as well, if you want to drill down even further there. Um, I'm very confident. Uh, It's gotten to the point now, and and this is – I get it. I'm a homer. But it's gotten to the point now where if the kid doesn't commit, I almost think there's something wrong with them. And I'm not trying to be a jerk, but it's pretty clear that Ohio State has become wide receiver you in terms of developing you. So we shall see. All right, Bill. Crystal balls are coming. We like them. One has been rolled towards Columbus for London Merritt. Here's what I find interesting about London Merritt. IMG, defensive end, stud, has offers. I talked about how I looked to see the three major offers. I might have to alter that because uh, Tricky Nick is gone. But I looked to see if you have an offer from Ohio State, Georgia, and Alabama. What I find interesting about Merritt, and correct me if I'm wrong, he is from Georgia. That's the one offer he doesn't have, Bill. You are exactly right. So take that and run with it if you could. Well, um, again, you know, he has all the offers, as you mentioned, um, but Georgia. Um, yeah, I think, again, we, we went through this last year. Um, um, well, I guess it was two years ago where um, uh, Georgia, you know, is in good position or, you know, with most pretty much all the guys in their state. But there's so many guys in that state that they can kind of uh, hone in on exactly what they were looking for. And get back to Caden McDonald. Caden McDonald, he had a lot of offers, including Ohio State, which he ended up at, uh, from top schools all over the country. But he didn't have one that year from Georgia. And the reason was is that they were looking for a different type defensive lineman because uh, that is what they needed that year. Um, I talked to a really good source in Georgia about him. I've seen him many times. He's, the kid is really a good player. He's Georgia caliber, but it happens to be in this cycle that they are looking for uh, six foot five, six foot four uh, defensive tackles, and that is not him. He's about six two, maybe six three, and a high state ended up benefiting there and getting Kate McDonald. And I think it's the same type of thing with London Merritt. That's not exactly what they're looking for in this class. Uh, but it's not because of talent. And it was interesting when uh, London, I think, made his first visit to Ohio State afterwards. You know, he, he told me that uh, that visit went so well, he said, that I got to put Ohio State up there uh, as a top school, if not the top school on my list. And that was very early. Um, and that's kind of held up. He likes Ohio State a lot. I think, again, um, if he was, if I was going to make an early prediction on him, it would be Ohio State right now. But you know, he's not ready to make a decision. He's going to take official visits, and when you project out that far with a kid in Georgia, it's not always that has all the offers except Georgia. It's not always hard to hang on. You know, we'll see what happens with Ohio State. But he he has been to Ohio State. He loves it. He's going to make an official visit to Ohio State in June. So I, I like the position the Buckeyes are in with London Merritt and. Um, you, know, you put him on the edge with Zaire Mathis, and uh, that's quite that would be quite a duo for Ohio State. Of course, Mathis, the Emotep Charter, Philly commitment, defensive end, highly rated. 
Uh, and Cade McDonald, who you mentioned, Bill, you know, we talk about Gwinnett County in Georgia and the fact that Georgia, it really does. If you go look at it, the state of Georgia per capita is producing more football talent now than anyone else by light years, it seems. But Caden McDonald's Gwinnett, Gwinnett County Defensive Player of the Year. He wasn't a a minor player down there, so that's that's something to check out. Mark, you took a look at London Merritt. Your thoughts? Is that video for him? Yeah, yeah. No, I didn't put the video in for okay. him, but I can. What are your uh, thoughts on him? Yeah, you know, he's a different kind of end. As you watch his film, he's playing stand-up middle linebacker. Okay, so and he's 6'2", 230 pounds, or at least that's what he's listed as. So he's not your typical 6'5", edge rusher like some of the other guys, you know, we've talked about and watched recently. In fact, he's more of that 3-4 uh, defensive end hybrid type player when he does go down to defensive tackle or defensive end. He also plays defensive tackle on his film. Um, what makes him maybe you get excited about defensive end is I haven't seen some a player blow up so many offensive linemen as I have him. For for a lighter player that's 230, he drops the hammer on some of these guys, and he's literally pancaking offensive linemen as he bull rushes them and runs through them. So he's like a tank. Um, so the pass rush skills get you excited off the edge, but doesn't have your traditional you know big body. When they kick him down a defensive tackle, his hands are heavy. He sheds blocks. He... He really must have a strong upper body. His bench press has to be astounding the way he's shocking people. And I think that's why you think defensive line for him in the future, because he is such a great player with his hands and does, how do I say it? He doesn't get pushed around being a little bit lighter down there. But of course, high school, that's not like 230 pounds. Um, could he play middle linebacker? The clips I saw him, it'd be a uh, between the tackle stumper. I mean, he could probably do it if he wanted to stay and be a stand-up guy. So there comes the word versatility. Stand him up on the edge, put his hand down on the edge, maybe move him around. There's blitzes where he's looping down to the A-gap. Um, having a, that stand-up experience will serve him well. But at first glance, it, it wasn't like a guy who's got his hand on every play. He's he's pretty versatile coming out of high school. So I was actually surprised to see 6'2", 230 defensive end. You know, that that's a – maybe a smaller size. I will say this on a couple of the clips, he does look a little longer than six, two, like he kind of stretches <laughs> out. So we'll, we'll see how that ends up, but interesting prospect. The last part of it is he's a football player. Um, I talked about Trey Vernon, you know, out of Hamilton being a football player. This is like a longer version of Trey Vernon, you know, like th those guys to me were two of the best football players I've watched on tape in the last couple months were, they're just doing stuff that, wow, that's that's football. Like a Michael Parsons, like, I can't teach it. I don't know how he knew to go under that. I don't know how he knew to go around that. I don't know how his instinct said just blow the gap or hand fight here. But but he's got a great feel for the game. And, you know, talking about uh, something to get excited about for high State fans when talking about defensive line recruiting, uh, Zaire Mathis committed, London Merritt, definitely you know, a very real legitimate possibility. And then you got Justin Hill from Cincinnati uh, as the Jack guy. You know, you get those three guys, uh, th that is certainly something for Ohio State fans to be very excited about and it's very realistic that that could happen. Yeah, different body types too, which you like. We talked about uh, Merritt being a little bit smaller, whereas Mathis is more your longer uh, grow into that 6'6 frame. What you mentioned about um, Merritt really stood out to me is that 
to two things. One, the shock in his hands. Anytime he hits somebody um, at any point, they're going backwards and they're jolted. You can see their head snap. I started looking for that when you talked about it, Mark. Their head snaps a little bit. Secondly, and what you said, tremendous motor. Uh, doesn't quit on plays. Probably exhausts himself a little bit by celebrating too much after big plays, but he is into it, man. He, there are some guys who are coming to tackle you, and there are some guys that are coming to uh, cut you in half. And he's one of those guys. He's a werewolf. That's my – I just love the dude. Um, and, and, and then also, he can play that. Different, than, different than Justin Hill. Justin Hill is is a speed guy. Right. You know, he – the night I saw him, he was constantly in the backfield harassing quarterbacks, tackles for losses. And he was just going by people faster than they, than they could uh, account for. So, as Mark said and as you said, Dan – Leonard Merritt's more a little bit more of a power guy, so that's a nice combination there. I'll tell you what's interesting, and I'll quickly digress here. As the NFL draft is going on now, I'm hearing um, these scouts come across Michael Hall for the first time, and all they're talking about is, oh, my gosh, this guy's so fast off the snap and blah, blah. And I said, we've known that since he was 15 years old. No one has a better first snap for a defensive tackle that I've seen first step than my guy Mike Hall. Mike Hall is going to make him – he ain't getting out of the third round, people. Uh, there's some there's some scouts who are super high on but I digress. All right, let's take our second break. You know what? Before that, Bill, uh, there's a running back that I'm starting to hear a little bit more of, and I'm starting to get a little interested in. It was brought up in your in your chat yesterday, and that's Jordan Davison. How excited should I be? And can you give me a little peek into what you think of him? Oh, boy. <laughs> I think there's a lot of reason to be excited on that one. Um, I, I posted an article, I don't know, maybe week, at least maybe two weeks ago. He's making a four-day trip on his own dime to Ohio State. If that is an interest uh, all the way from the state of California, then I don't know what interest is. Uh, he is from Modern Day High School, who that is now the home of Chris Henry Jr., who's going to be helping to recruit him. Um, Jordan Davis is, uh, the country's number two running back and, um, he's coming out with his family. He's going to be here in Columbus, March 27th to April 1st. Uh, right now, I think this is a really close battle at the top between Ohio state and Texas for Jordan Davison. And, um, you know, he, he's, he can be a difference maker at running back. And, you know, I, if you look at what Ohio State's got now, Travion Henderson and uh, Quinshawn Judkins, and then you follow that up um, with uh, Jordan Davidson, and then you look at the other possibilities in this class, Marquise Davis. You know, I love Marquise Davis. If they could somehow, if Tony Alford could manage to get those two in one recruiting class, you know, and then you got Bo Jackson and a couple other guys, Byron Lewis and so on. But if you could get those two guys, Davison and Marquise Davis, and then if you want Bo Jackson, running back, athlete, safety, whatever, I would be loving that. Bill, Jordan Davison, height, weight, speed, vibe, what kind of guy, maybe who you compare him to? Uh, he's about 5'11", to maybe 6 foot, uh, 210, 205-210 in that area. And he plays against great competition at Modern Day High School. 
That is the uh, uh, AAA version of college football, I think. Yes. Uh, so you know he has been battle tested. We did not do well in the Brandon Baker Texas versus Ohio State battle out of Cali last round. We will hopefully secure that one this round. Different different Those, vibe for me on this one than than the ba- Brandon Baker. Different vibe, definitely. But I mean, I'm not guaranteeing they're getting him, but different vibe. Better vibe. Let's just say that. Yeah, um, good way to put it. I see everyone's questions on there, and we are going to get to them. Um, let me read our, our second ad here, and then we will spend the rest of the show banging out all those questions. All righty, people. It's not Manscaped. It's nuts.com. Do you wish you could go to Willy Wonka's Candy Factory? Well, since that's not exactly possible, let me introduce you to the online version of that. Nuts.com. In addition to an amazing selection of nuts, they have tons of classic candies like butterscotch, fudge, and licorice. At the grocery store, you can get pecans. But do you want bourbon pecans, sweet and spicy pecans, pecan brittle, or butter toffee pecans? Notice I switched because I have no idea which is the correct pronunciation. Easy for me to say. If you're eager to try these, head to nuts.com to see the hundreds of different varieties of nuts they offer. Cashews, almonds, pecans, pistachios, dried mango, crystallized ginger, crystallized too, dates, jelly beans, jawbreakers, root beer barrels. The variety is vast at nuts.com. Kids are going back to school. Uh, that's been said a long time ago. And snacks will be flying out of the cabinets with nuts.com. Keep your stash stocked with all your family's favorites. Uh, we got a nuts.com delivery. It was ridiculous. That's all I'm going to say. And the reason, like I said, these people keep advertising is because the nutters keep buying it. Right now, nuts.com is offering new customers a free gift of purchase and free shipping on orders of $29 or more at nuts.com backslash bucknuts. That's nuts.com backslash bucknuts. All right. I'm going to go to the top. So if you asked early, you're going to get some advantages. I know Mika Hanna has a question about some message board rumors that Caleb Downs would be transferring in the spring. Now, here's my thoughts on that. Do you think Caleb Downs wants to sit out the coming season? I don't. You can't transfer twice, by my knowledge, without penalty. Bill, have you heard anything about Caleb Downs uh, not enjoying his environs and looking to boogie quick. Uh, like you said, you know, that would make pretty much zero sense to me. You know, you come to a place that you, uh, uh, you know, there was pretty much uh, consensus that once he got in the portal, uh, it was going to be Ohio State or Georgia. So, you know, you go to a place that you really had at the top of your list or one of the top two, and then all of a sudden you want to leave and sit out the season? I, I just, like you said, Dan, it makes doesn't make any sense to me. Okay, let's not spend too much time on that one. That's just kind of silly. Um, my other question, Bill, before we go any further, Jordan Davison, how many family members are coming? Because I was saying nine family members on a four-day trip. That would create a 36 number, and that would mean he would be enrolled by the end of the weekend. Well, as far as I know, I'm, you know, I, I'm kind of trying to recall because it's, like I said, I first posted that article that he was coming out for a four-day visit. That's probably close to two weeks ago. 
I do remember he said his mother and father, and if I remember right, he said and possibly other family members. Um, I don't think it's going to uh, <laughs> beat the Naeem Offord group, but the key is is that it is Jordan, mother, father for sure, and maybe one or two, a few others. So uh, the other key is four days in Columbus. Yeah. That's not just a quick stopover. Can the weather gods help us out here? The kid's coming from Cali. Let's at least get two of the four days need to have sunshine. Otherwise, <laughs> the argument works against us. Uh, William, can we talk about Trent Wilson? He hopes we land him. Let us know who Trent Wilson is first and then uh, take it and run with it. He is, uh, was at Baltimore St. Francis. Um, he is now, uh, well, last season he went, changed schools, left Baltimore St. Francis, and um, still in Maryland, but just different school. Um, certainly interested in Ohio State. He has been to Ohio State. I checked on him again, actually, just the other day, and he's got Ohio State as one of his top, uh, let's say, six to eight schools at this point. Uh, I like him a lot. He is definitely interested in Ohio State, but Right now, I would, you know, hesitate to call Ohio State a favorite or, or really much of anybody else at this point. I think he's in the evaluation stage for uh, five, six, seven, eight schools, really. But Ohio State is absolutely one of them. All and right, he's Mark. defensive tackle, by the way. I don't know if I mentioned that, but he's he's a defensive tackle. And by the way, the I mentioned um, I had a story on this. The Baltimore St. Francis kids are coming up here uh, to visit Ohio State again. Um if I remember right, a spring game weekend, and they will be with uh, one of their coach coaches, Cam Wiggins, who handles recruiting, and that will be Blake Woodby, who is committed to Ohio State, Jaira Edwards, who is one of the country's top safety prospects in the class of 2026, Out, just a great safety prospect, and then Darion Smith, a defensive tackle that Ohio State has offered as well. They all will come be coming up to Ohio State this spring for another trip. If you guys remember when Gilman was a Baltimore powerhouse and recruiting base for a long time, that's kind of shifted over to St. Francis. Biff Pogge left uh, Gilman. I believe he might even be the head coach at like Charlotte or one of those teams down in Carolina, college coach. Um, but St. Francis has become the talent distributor for uh, the greater Baltimore area. I think actually Blake Corum finished up there, Bill. I'm not positive on that. Um, but they're, they're strong. And, of course, Blake would be is there all right i had this up and i'll put it back up thomas matia i think that's pronounced paramount plus and the national park foundation present a mountain of zen this earth week you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on paramount plus paramount plus official streaming partner of the national park foundation CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. I'm a citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor, Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. As a proud Shaker Heights grad, class of 72, when does a crystal ball fall on Trey McNutt? Mark, what are you hearing about Trey McNutt? Um, I know he wanted to be recruited like the other guys, 
and the other guys have committed and he hasn't. So that leads me to believe they were recruited a little more heavily. Are you, does that concern you? And then maybe what you think of him as a player? Yeah, this this isn't always my lane, but I, I followed right. hundreds of recruits. About it. Yeah, like, and, and I get these tea leaves, and I'm I'm probably too honest when I get these tea leaves. That yeah, it would concern me. Your dad played at Ohio State, your legacy, and now you're maybe what's considered dragging your feet to enjoy the process. Okay, you know, like that, that that's why you don't have the crystal ball. Like you think that would be a a homer pick of epic proportions. Yeah, this is my dad played. I love it. I can't wait to walk in the footsteps. It's just a matter of time and, you know, not to read into it, but you know, these kids, if you watch that video of Trey where he kind of documented his visit, he looks like he likes to have fun. He looks like he's enjoying things and, you know, he really has a, a light approach to this. And maybe it's say, I'm only going to do this once. So I'm going to document this. I'm going to document that. And I'm going to make a little, you know, light of this situation and have some fun with it. But I said this last year with Montgomery and Tavian St. Clair, and I said it about Montgomery. If you want to walk out of that tunnel with your brother on game names, you better commit now and quit playing games and quit acting like Ohio State's going to be there forever. They're the 900-pound gorilla. They don't have to do anything. Just because your dad played here or your brother plays here, they're not going to wait extra long if they have quality players. They're building a roster. And in this day and age, you wait for somebody – you might not get them or the other guys you wanted. So, you know, these kids that play these games because they think they have clout, and I'm not saying, you know, Trey or whatever, but in general, recruiting think, oh, I got all this clout. I'm a five-star. Anytime I tweet, I got thousands of fans waiting on every word. Don't believe the hype on yourself. This business rolls, and it goes on. And, you know, if you really love the place and, you know, like parents love it, you love it, then what are you waiting for? You know, and I think some recruits like being recruited, and, and you guys are got me on a tangent. This this people are going to well, this is all about Trey McNutt or something, but this is just recruiting in general. Yeah, like you got me on a rant, but yeah, sometimes they enjoy the process more than understanding the process. And and you can you know say uh, yeah, I want five thousand dollars for each of these visits. Well, go ahead, go take five thousand dollars for a bunch of visits, but you may not be at the school you want to be. And that, that mindset, you know, I don't know. It, it's a different age. I, I hate to judge. I hate to think I know how these kids feel about all this stuff. But, you know, we, we talked about I don't think we even really talked about that enough. Kids are going to get paid $5,000 to take a visit. Bill, good luck figuring out what kids are going to do from now on because they're all going to take these random visits, not because they have a feeling or a love for a school, but, hey, strictly for the payday and the party weekend, you know. Uh, so there, you asked me the recruiting guy a question like that. You get a long answer. No, and I want to I want to focus on this part. Um, look, we all know this is a Team Sanchez podcast, okay? And we are in the tank for the Sanchez's, and that's not just because their son is so God's gift of being corner for us. It's because of the way they viewed the process. It's not about when you get there. It's about when you leave. If you're worried about when you get there. You, I don't want to say this, but like, you can't succeed at Ohio State unless you're a dog, man. You got to get in there and think you can play with these dudes from day one. And the goal is to become a professional football player. If you go to Ohio State, you are expected to go to the NFL. It doesn't happen for everybody, but there's a reason when guys commit to Ohio State, they say for the next three years, okay? They're not saying four. 
They expect three, and they're not going into accounting after three years. They're going to the NFL. You can tell. So my concern with McNutt would be like, the, if you have an offer from Ohio State and you play defensive back, and every guy in front of you is going to the league, what is your goal? Uh, otherwise, you don't think you can get on the field, and that's that's an issue to me as well, Bill. You have any want to add to the McNutt vibe there, or are you, are you fearful of him not answering the phone next time you call now? <laughs> no, no. Not fearful of that for a couple of reasons. Uh, first of all, Trey's a really good kid. I, I enjoy talking to that kid. Um, he's, he's just a good kid to talk to. And Ohio State is definitely there with him. Uh, not saying he's going to pick Ohio State, but if you would have asked me in, say, mid-December where Ohio State was, I would have said, I'm not too sure where they are right now. But uh, Jim Knowles went up there. Matt Guerrieri has been there. Um, they, they did their team thing where they go with multiple coaches. And uh, High State made up, uh, got things in much, much better shape by what they did uh, on their visits during this winter evaluation uh, recruiting period out on the road that we just had. Um, so I think High State moved themselves up. Um, and I think they're right there as one of the top schools. Now, having said that, as Mark, I think, and you might have referred to Dan, he does like the recruiting process and he wants to go through it and evaluate schools and take visits and all that. So I'm not sure that he's going to make an early decision. Justin Hill's not going to make an early decision unless something changes. He wants to announce on his birthday, which happens to be in, in the summertime. Uh, Trey McNutt, as of right now, wants to take official visits, which will come in June. So you know, you just, sometimes there's some guys that you got to be a little bit patient on, and Trey McNutt may be one of those guys that you just got to be a little bit patient. This question comes up routinely. Any offensive line we should keep an eye on as possible pickups when the portal reopens in the spring? Um, I don't think we're going to have specific names on that anytime soon, but I can tell you this. If they do get through the spring and they want one, there will be one there for them. Um, I don't think it's going to be super difficult to convince someone to come here after the buzz keeps going on. And, you know, there's the reason offensive linemen have become so valuable is that that body type is just few and far between. And uh, with the portal, they have found higher ground. So we shall see. Um, ba, 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 ba. Let's see. They're talking about receivers, Mark. Um, and there's a question here about Quentin Simmons and Jackson Wiley. We talked about this in your evaluation of Jamie French. At the end of every evaluation for an out-of-state prospect, we like to say, how would they rank if they were in Ohio? We talked about uh, Ironton Sean Terry, who just committed to Notre Dame. And then Quentin Simmons, who is actually, I think, verbally committed to Kentucky now. And then Jackson Wiley, son of Michael Wiley from the – Area Bill Curlick calls home the Olentangy environs. Your thoughts on those dudes? Uh, it doesn't sound like Simmons or Simmons or Wiley be part of the group. Yeah, and you know sometimes you rate Ohio receivers, then you put them in uh, the light of the national board, and, and they don't maybe hold up as well. Um, and this receiver class isn't the greatest class in the history of Ohio. Um, the top guy you could say it's the kid from Ironton. You know, going to Notre Dame. 
Uh, Sean Terry, I, I don't know. Like he, he's a diminutive, maybe 180 pounder, 5'10", 5'11". He can scoot and he can move and all that stuff. But is he the most complete receiver to ever, you know, walk the face of the earth? Uh, I don't know. There's there's big guys out there that would like to think they do the same things. Um, so when Hartline's looking around and, and we're looking at guys like Jamie French, he's clearly ahead of the group in Ohio. Now, Simmons may have the speed of a French, but there's nowhere near – the body of work or polish or route running ability. And it's not to say that a kid like that doesn't develop. When Bill and I watched uh, Simmons at the Ohio state camp, um, he drew, as soon as he ran the 40 yard dash, he had a list of college coaches walking over to him, trying to figure out who he was. They stood by him all day, trying to teach him the intricacies of route running, which he wasn't a polished route runner that day at all. You know, and, and you start to realize how important your footwork is coming in and out of breaks. And it's not just, Full throttle, hit the brakes, full throttle, hit the brakes, full throttle. You know, receivers don't do that. There's some nuances to this stuff. So he was kind of in that boat where there was a rawness to Simmons. Uh, and then Jackson Wiley, he had one of the best quarterbacks in Ohio throwing him the ball this year. So his stats and his ability to showcase himself uh, went through the roof. When I, when I saw him against Medina, he made some nice plays. He has the speed. He, he might be, he might have as much polish as a Jamie French, but I don't know if he has the the top end talent that maybe French has, if that makes sense. So when I compare all these guys to Jamie French, there are shades of their game that are at that elite level. But I think French is the complete package where he just has it all the body of work. And, you know, it's really, I hate being the Ohio connoisseur or guru and then having to say, Oh, the couple of guys at this position from Ohio aren't as good nationally, but there's no shame in that nationally. He's a, what is it, a 350 million person swath of people out there to pick from? And Ohio's quite, not quite that big. So, you know, it's just a numbers game where, you know, this, we have great positions some year where we can take three or four from Ohio and we don't have to go into the national pool. But I think receiver this year, it wasn't that case. We talk about that, how I honestly believe Ohio State's offensive line is determined by do we get lucky with a couple big dudes in the state in every couple cycles? And we talked about that. I want to, touch on Andrew, uh, Andrew Ivins, who's the director of uh, scouting, his comment, and he's Florida-based. So uh, if you want to feel more positive about Jamie from French coming to Ohio State, this was his point. 2023, South Florida Express, number one receiver, Carnell Tate. 2024 class, top South Florida Express receiver, Jeremiah Smith. 2025 South Florida Express top receiver, Jamie French. So that is a trend. Um, yeah, seriously. And I will say this. I made a reference. This is this is how I, I roll. If I make a reference to a 1980s comedy in passing and someone responds to it in the messages, my day is made. That made my day the other day. I made that in passing and I saw that on the YouTube page. Uh, if you haven't seen Stripes, you are missing out, okay? I think that should be required viewing for everyone. But uh, that's where I get my fun out of this. Okay, let's see. There we go. Let's let's do this uh, last one. And it's a name that's come up. And Mellow number seven. That looks like an old Mellow, like Syracuse jersey. Great, great college player, Carmelo Anthony. Mark, have you heard anything about Mason Short? 
I have not, but I will watch him while Bill is talking. Go ahead, Bill. Well, he is a offensive lineman out of the great state of Georgia and a good one. Uh, he um, is someone that Ohio State has been on for quite some time. They offered him pretty early. Uh, he was at the Ohio State-Michigan game the last time that that game was played at Ohio State. And even though that was a loss, he went home very, very impressed. Um, in fact, he told me after that visit, that's the best atmosphere he had ever been to at a college football game. That's pretty impressed. Um, he uh, originally committed to Alabama, but, and again, another uh, casualty of the uh, Nick Saban uh, announcement. He announced his uh, final four schools, well, I think about a week ago. Maybe it was, it was I think it's last Saturday, perhaps. Um, Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson, and Kentucky. Uh, the outlier there, I guess, would be Kentucky, which is why I think he ends up at one of those other three. Right now, I think he uh, Georgia is the team to beat, but he does like Ohio State a lot. I just think, I think it's going to be a tough pool uh, for Ohio State, but they have a chance. Uh, Kirby Smart landed a helicopter <laughs> a few weeks ago at his high school, I've talked about Mason Shorts, high school football field, uh, which tells me Kirby Smart is pretty interested in, in Mason yeah. Short. He's a guy that could play guard or tackle. Um, I think with his size, it's probably going to be guard. But in any event, whatever one you want to put him at, he would be nice in the Ohio State offensive line uh, for the future. I just think you got to beat Georgia to get Mason Short. I'm pretty sure you just made the list, buddy, is uh, a breakfast club reference to Bender getting in trouble. One of these days, I will tell you guys a story. I have actually partied with the uh, the guy who played. Um, he also played Clarence Beaks and Trading Places. I had a night with him one time. That, that will be a good story. And I'll tell you also, Keith Hernandez is involved and Uma Thurman. But I, but I digress. Um Mark, your thoughts on Mason Short? Okay, uh, if you guys were watching my face as I was looking up, that's me falling in love. So now, <laughs> what like, cheap date? Yeah, like phew. if you can Just read my expression, show me a sack, and I am in. Did the eyeballs come out of my head while I was, you know, gazing at my screen? Uh, Bill, I, I'm gonna maybe disagree. I, I think he might be a tackle. Uh, I mean, six six, three ten, and. Yeah, he. I mean, he could be a guard, but his feet—he's out there pulling and running around. And if, if they landed a helicopter for him, we better fly an F-16 and land it on the main <laughs> Dragon Town. I mean, yeah. yeah, this this kid's gonna elevate. Uh, he's got the length. It, it, when I looked at the film first, I'm thinking, oh, okay, look at this lean, 280-pound kid that's got a flat belly. He's 310, and anytime you get like that type of eye weight discrepancy, we're like. That's not what 310 usually looks like. Usually right. 310, you got a little top heaviness. You got a little belly hanging out. The jersey doesn't kind of hold it all in right. Um, not the case here. I mean, boy, that, I, I, as I watch play after play, he finishes. He's nasty. He's messing with kids after the play with extra punches. Like, he's wired right for this position. So, boy, I, I – I, just fell in love with another offensive line prospect. And, you know, you, I really want to root that that helicopter trip did, but I, yeah. as, you, as I'm watching it and you guys are literally saying that I'm like, well, that makes total sense to me because that's what I would do to get a player like this. Yeah. So throw them up on the board, Bill. 
when you think of recruiting tactics, landing a helicopter at your school, do you think you're going to get a few dates after that? Do you think anyone might want to know who, who's involved there? And, and I'll end it with this as um, the great Sue Zabo, her mother-in-law was Uma Thurman's teacher at a Montessori school in Amherst, Mass. So I'll tease this, and then maybe one uh, slow summer day when we don't have any recruiting to talk about, I will uh, go into detail. But the reason I know these people is because if you've ever seen the movie A Bronx Tale, starring Chaz Palminteri, Chaz Palminteri's nephew was my best friend in high school. And he had a younger sister. And if you know Italians, they tend to be slightly protective of their younger sisters. So I was recruited to be the date for her for all this stuff. And there's some definite hilarious comedy I can share with you. Um, but we're going to have to do a, uh, a pay-per-view for that one, I guess. All right. That was a real digression. Forty-two. Well, the last two minutes were free. Two minutes and 50 seconds of free content there for you. Uh, hope everybody enjoyed the show. We'll be back on Tuesday. Have a good one. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.